May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So Merry Still Christmas and Happy Almost New Year. Um, for those Christians in the non-liturgical traditions, the, the Christmas is over, but we have 12 days of it. And although I do agree with the person who was helping my mother and I out at one of the stores who said, with all respect to the divas, I really don't need to hear this Christmas song one more time this year. <laughs> Next year will be fine. So um, Christmas, yes. Christmas songs in stores, it's okay if they start turning it off. So maybe some of you have seen those word games where there's a box, a square full of letters, um, and the first ones that create a word for you when you're looking at it are supposed to be your truth or your guiding words or your reality or whatever. So if your mind picks up the word happiness within the letter scramble, you will be happy, happy, poof, done, no more work for you, right? So go try to look up happiness in one of those uh, word scrambles. But if your mind picks up overspending, right? <laughs> well, you have some work to do. You have a little work to do. Now, while this game is a diversion, the words we focus on and use in our lives, of course, significantly impact. In the first half of the gospel reading today, it speaks of light. And then it says, and it speaks of the word, and how the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. No one has ever seen God. It is the only Son, himself God, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. What words fill the gospel today? Light, glory, fullness, grace, and truth. These are the words that our mind pick up in these lines of testimony that come to us from the ages. God's light is not a light of division, but of wisdom. God's glory we have seen not in earthly riches, but in Mary's courage and faith. God's fullness is that with which we have been nurtured, is a fullness of unconditional love, grace, God's grace heals and transforms and is freely given. And of Torah's truth came through Jesus. That truth is that humanity is worth saving. God, in a sense, collaborated with humanity so that the word might become flesh and live among us. Mary's guiding words 
Yes, let it be with me according to your will. Allow the word to be embodied and become flesh. That is another truth that we learn through the Gospels, that we need each other. If God collaborates with humanity, surely we can collaborate with one another. The English poet Malcolm Guy wrote of the Annunciation, I'm thinking of this word of Mary's yes, that allowed the word to become flesh and blood. And he wrote this sonnet which goes, here is a meeting made of hidden joys, of lightnings cloistered in a narrow place, from quiet hearts the sudden flame of praise, and in the womb the quickening kick of grace. Two women on the very edge of things, unnoticed and unknown to men of power, but in their flesh the hidden spirit sings, and in their lives the buds of blessing flower. And Mary stands with all we call too young, Elizabeth with all we called past their prime. They sing always for all the great unsung, women who turned eternity to time. Favored of heaven, outcast on the earth, prophets who bring the best to us in birth. So often around this time of year, there's a controversy around a song. It's a song that's gonna be our offertory anthem. And the first time I heard that song, it was sung by Miss April Sloan Hubert. That's the first time I ever heard it. And I hope I don't lose my, I hope we don't lose our feminist cards by, uh, by um, saying this. But the controversy is that it's like someone's mansplaining to Mary about the birth of Christ, right? It's Mary, did you know? And I, I look at these things and I'm like, don't you have anything else to do with your time? But I, that's a little judgy, that's just a little judgy. But, um, but it's where I go and I'm, I'm being honest with y'all. And um, um, when, I, when I read this sonnet, about the Annunciation, I thought about the first time I heard Mary Did You Know, and it was from April, and I identified with Mary as a mother who had no, who wanted that child so, both children, so badly, and um, had no idea what I was getting into. Even after the first child was born, the second was totally different. I mean, yes, you say yes because you desire to you know, co-create with God, to be part of um, everything and, and, and life-giving, if you, if you choose to be, but you don't know what you're getting into. So especially from the heart and talent of the director of our um, jazz ensemble, I just, I felt really resonant with this song. Like, she, 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 yes, she was courageous to say yes, but also because she, she didn't know every way that things would move. No one does. So, um, I want you to listen particularly closely 
putting you on the spot, but you're our diva. <laughs> we love you. To the beautiful way that April interprets that song. And you could still think it's mansplaining if you want, but I hear it as um, a, a woman who is saying yes without knowing completely, because nobody can, what they're getting into. So it takes even more courage to say yes to God and to parenthood and to living the life that God has planned for you. God is made known to us, made flesh in Jesus. And what is made known to us in Jesus is that we are worth saving. I said that. And that we need each other. I also said that but also that we need to look to Jesus for a gut check, I guess, or soul check might be a better way to say it, when we are not sure if we're doing the next right thing. That's because the gospel says, it is, on, it is the only son who has made the father known. It is, the only, it is the only Son, God himself, who has made him known. And so when we're unsure of the right path or the right way, we can do a soul check or a spirit check or an action check by looking to Jesus. And much of the world, especially here in our state, has made of him a buff, you know, AK-47 carrying Savior. I don't see that. When I look at Christ, I see someone for a power of love and humility. I see a Savior who reminds us to care for each other. One who welcomes a stranger, who clothes the hungry, I mean, the naked, who feeds the hungry, who gives water to those who thirst. A friend of mine in New Jersey was going through a very cynical phase, on top of being from New Jersey. <laughs> and she would go around saying, we are born alone and we die alone. And she said this so much that she forgot herself, and she said it in front of her mother. She never said that again. The withering look that she received, I'm not sure she's over yet. And then, after that look, her mother said, where do you think I was when you were born? And a lifelong Christian, she also said, and where do you think God was? And where do you think God will be when you die? Stop talking nonsense. Well, she didn't quite say stop talking nonsense, but I can't say what she really said from the pulpit. So, we are not born alone and we do not die alone. In the birth of Jesus Christ and the Incarnation, we are reminded of that truth as well. God is with us. 
We are worth saving. We need each other. And we are to look to Christ Jesus when we need to find a way, the real Christ Jesus. Not images that we have made that are out of reach or out of touch, but the one who walks through our gospels, the one whose story is told year after year, Sunday after Sunday, century after century. And we are called to look to him so that we might mirror the light that he brought into this world. As James Baldwin said, the longer I live, the more deeply I learn that love, whether we call it friendship or family or romance, is the work of mirroring and magnifying each other's light. It's gentle work, it's steadfast work, it's life-saving work. In those moments when life and shame and sorrow obscure our own light from our view. But there is still a clear-eyed, loving person to beam it back. In our best moments, we are that light for each other. So my friends, let us be that light for each other. Let us remember that we and all of humanity are worth saving. That we and all of humanity need each other. And that Jesus brings a light that we can be for each other in our best moments. And that we can receive from each other in our moments of sorrow. The world still knows it's Herod's, Anne Weems wrote, but it also still knows men and women who pack their dreams safely in their hearts and set off towards Bethlehem, faithful against all odds, undeterred by fatigue or rejection, to kneel to a child. Amen.